Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I'm Steve Arterburn, co-author of the book, Everyman's Battle. In the year 2000, New Life Ministries created the Everyman's Battle Workshop. Now this workshop's been held monthly ever since, and it's designed to coach and challenge men to better understand their struggles and also how to navigate through those struggles with God's help. The Everyman's Battle podcast contains provocative conversations led by J.J. West and Doug Barnes, their licensed family and marriage counselors, who are also leaders of the Everyman's Battle workshops. Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I am J.J. West. J.J., hi. I'm Doug Barnes. Hey, Doug. Good to be with you today. You too. Hey, today we are going to take another look at a conversation that took place between Steve Arterburn, who's the author of the book, Every Man's Battle, and Shanti Feldhahn, who is a clinical researcher. Uh, she's a graduate of Harvard, uh, has worked as an analyst on Wall Street, um, became a social researcher, author, and speaker, and has done a ton of research in the area of the neuroscience uh, behind whether there's a difference between how men and women's brains process mm -hmm. things. Um, we listened to part of the conversation on a previous podcast, and we'll uh, be able to put the link to that in the show notes. But today we're going to listen to more of that conversation. And afterward, Doug and I are going to share our thoughts on what they talk about here and how it pertains to living a life of sexual integrity in a world that is going the other direction. Have a listen. Shanti, thanks for giving me uh, some more time. I loved having you on radio. We talked about this wonderful new book, Secrets of Sex and Marriage, Eight Surprises That Make All the Difference. Well, I think we're all looking for surprises that make all the difference. And this is such a great <laughs> book, and it was wonderful to talk to you. And um, you, you are, you're the, um, you're kind of the four only person, the four women only book, the four men only book, the four parents only. And they're so good. And, you know, I, it kind of makes sense. You have a degree from Harvard that you're a social researcher and just really a smart and kind person. I know a lot of smart people that aren't very kind, and you're, but you're very smart and very <laughs> kind. And I wanted to talk to you uh, today, and we've talked about this before, but you were in a group of folks that you, your stuff was criticized. Now here, you know, from my perspective, you're out there doing this great job, and you're really trying to communicate truth. And you get criticized. Of course, we get criticized. I'll talk about that. But what what was it like to be thinking, hey, I'm I'm really enjoying trying to make a difference in people's lives. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, I don't like what you're doing there. Well, you know, well, first of all, thanks for the kind words. <laughs> you're welcome. And, you know, I think the, the, the key is everybody gets criticized, right? I mean, that's just the nature of trying to share um, content and trying to share the research or, you know, what you all do as well, it's going to happen. And I think the first step for all of us, and I know you handle it this way. I've talked to you about this offline. Uh, the first step is, oh, wow, what do I need to pay attention to? Um, one of the things that we were always so grateful for um, whenever any one of our books comes out, we, you know, we do a big research study and 
it can be, you know, a two or three, four year process. And, you know, we have the, the, what you might call kind of the proof copy and we send it to people for comments and to say, tell me, you know, what am I, what am I missing here? And they are so grateful that we do because people always come back with like, oh my gosh, this is going to be misunderstood. And so we change it. And then after the book comes out, there's always things. It's like, wow, you know, now knowing what I know now, of course I would have, wow, I can see how that would be misunderstood. Okay, next edition. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll change that in the next edition. And so all of us have to kind of keep an eye open for those kinds of things because there's sometimes sometimes that criticism is it might sting but sometimes there's some legitimate things absolutely and when people have ever criticized me and stuff i mean i look at it i want to know what is it and is it true what they're saying and if so how can i change it and one of the areas that we've been uh, one of the books that's made probably a bigger difference in more lives than most anything I've uh, written, of course, is Every Man's Battle. The headline of Every Man's Battle would be that literally millions of men have decided they're not going to use pornography anymore. And it, it's not a marriage book. It's a book about not using pornography anymore. It was written, what, almost 30 years ago, and Fred Stoker, I've shared this so frequently, he uh, he would tell you that probably about 91% of the words are his words, and he's such a, he is such a pure-hearted man, an old-fashioned man, and what he wrote then, well, sometimes it's, it doesn't work today, and so... Um, We've talked about, in light of some of the criticism, should we and could we make some changes? Well, we're making those changes. And before that started, I talked with the Penguin Random House folks, largest publisher in the world. They're the publisher of this. They said that they are doing exactly what we're doing with thousands of titles that were written years ago with good intent, but it doesn't really work in this day and age. And, you know, I, I wish we had started sooner. We did one revision, but it wasn't enough. But to me, I think whenever somebody has a valid criticism, the question is, do they come to you with it or do they just complain about it? And we've, we've tried to be responsive uh, to that. And, and so we're we're revising something that has been criticized. But, you know, the sad thing is when people make criticism not about the work, but they turn it into something personal. And that kind of mm, happened yeah. in, in our case when in reality we are a ministry for women. We, we've always ha- been a ministry for women. Sixty-five percent of the people that listen to us are women. Our women, we actually we had 32 treatment programs. Most of the people that we treated in psych hospitals were women. We had the state of the art eating disorder uh, ranch hospital in Arizona. Over 100 women. We we created women of faith 
5 million women. We're doing a uh, partnership with Museum of the Bible, a women's conference called Lumina. We just did it past weekend for women. And so my heart has always been that if we're going to work with people that have really deep problems, um, we are going to work with women, not because they have the deeper problem, but because they're the ones that are willing to do something about it or more willing to do something about it. They want change. And it's very difficult for men to want to change or more difficult, you could say. And to me, it's sad when anybody uh, takes a shot at something that has helped men step up and say, okay, I, I need to make a change. But in your case, how did you respond when one of your books was thrown into the mix and somebody said, this this doesn't work for us. We don't like this. We think you missed the point here or whatever it was. Well, the first thing, obviously, I mean, as we were saying earlier, we have to be willing to go, okay, what, what of what is being said is um, really important because often when you have some some criticism, there's a reason for it. And if you just say, oh, well, they just don't understand or they're just, you know, misunderstanding and there's nothing I need to look at, well, then we become part of the problem, right? We all yeah. have to have the right. humility of being able to say, okay, you know what? That's a good point. I wouldn't have thought that such and such would be understood that way, but okay, clearly some people do. So again, you know, how, how can I change my language in the blogs that I write? How can I change my language yeah. in uh, the speaking engagements that I do? You know, Jeff and I do a lot of uh, marriage events. We do a lot of marriage conferences. And so one of the things that has been top of mind is, okay, how can I make sure that what I'm saying from the stage, if there is a couple listening, for example, um, who they are dealing with, Maybe a pattern in the past of, and I'll just use this as a, you know, not necessarily statistically common, but, you know, of a concern, you know, maybe he's controlling, maybe he's a bit abusive. And how are they going to hear what I'm saying as yeah. opposed to the, the marriages that are a little more, they have more goodwill or they're healthier? We have to talk to everybody. Right. And so part of it, part of the first thing I do <laughs> Um, is look at that. What are those things that need to change? But then, and that can include, you know, okay, there needs to be a new edition of the book, right? Like we did a, a new edition of our, like yours is, your bestseller is Every Man's Battle. Ours is for women only and for men only. And so, yeah, uh, 10 years later, did a new edition. There's probably going to be another one coming out in the, a few years from now. Uh, you know, after 20, 25 years, you do another one. Um and the the key though then is how do you handle the situations where that's not enough where people right. aren't satisfied with that yeah and and there's a couple of different reasons and it depends on the reason and i think and and i'll 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 tell you from the perspective of um someone that contacted me who had been deeply critical of some of what I had done in the past. And they had said, you know, their marriage was really badly hurt in, in their, you know, sort of opinion. 
their marriage was really badly hurt by For Women Only, for example. And, you know, I ended up talking to them, and this is, you know, a number of years later, and what this woman said eventually, which I thought was such a, a good kind of insightful understanding, is she said, look, when you're hurt, you want someone to blame. And right. when you are... Um, and when you are in a difficult situation, you want everything to speak to that situation, which no one book can. And she said, now that it's years later and now that I have – I'm in a second marriage and my husband is thoughtful. He's just a – he's a normal guy, but he's a good guy. He cares about me. And now that I'm healing a bit, I realized, oh, it wasn't the book that did the damage. It was my husband that did the damage. Oh, there you go. And, Boy, that, mm. and and I thought that's a great way of, of putting it mm -hmm. is that you can use – if you are a damaging person, you can use anything. You can use the Bible, right? You can Sure. You can and it's done all the, the time, the by the way. resources. <laughs> yes, it is. And so part – when you ask – this is a long answer to say, how do you respond? Part of how I have to respond is to realize – you know what, this is a reflection how I am being um, treated and how I'm, people are speaking about me. It's, it's a reflection not just of those things that I have to learn, which is some of it. It's also a reflection of there may be things that over time that person will learn yeah. and, um, and that there are, um, there are ways that I can help by not being reactionary. Right. By just not responding when someone just wants to lash out you don't want to get into a back and forth because it's all it's going to do if someone's not in a place where they really actually want to listen, you know, um, all that's going to do is just increase the temperature, throw fuel on the fire and makes it more damaging for that person, more divisive. That's not going to help them. It's not going to help anybody. I agree. And in the case, in our case, uh, when we looked at some criticism, one of the things was, that we wrote about a man being more uh, stimulated visually than a woman, and the criticism was that that wasn't true. Well, it is true. We're we're not changing that. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, uh, of course, a woman can be conditioned to be. Is, uh, you know, visually stimulated by exposure. We know that's true. We know there's a continuum. Someone might be more prone than others. But when you take these two genders, male, female, uh, they're all of the research and evidence that I've ever seen, anecdotal stuff, men are just more visually stimulated than women. And so we're not going to change yeah. that. But there are other things that we will change. Why? Because our heart really is for God, for the woman, and for the marriage. Okay. Well, uh, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation between Steve and Shanti as much as Doug and I have. But we want to share our thoughts on what they discussed. And, you know, one of the things that came out in their discussion is the fact that there is criticism right there is <laughs> there is a negative response to some of the things that have uh been said in books like every man's battle uh things that have been said in some of shanti's books and some of the uh presentations that she's done on her research 
Uh, there will probably be, if there hasn't already been, uh, negative responses, reactions to the things that we say on this podcast. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I think about the audience uh, of something like this, the podcast or the book or uh, Shanti's research. And I think that there's definitely a, a, a category in the audience uh, of the audience that is, I'm just against this no matter what. I don't care. I don't care what, I don't care what facts you give me. I don't care what information. I don't care what the research says. I don't care. You can, you can quote 10,000 Harvard and, and uh, <laughs> Yale and, and, and whatever university studies, I'm just not going to listen. I don't want this to be true. And I'm angry and, and whatever. That, that's, I think that's a smaller category. Right? I, do too, I do too, but but we need to realize that that there's not a one right answer for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So with Every Man's Battle or mm-hmm. with Shanti Stuff or mm-hmm. with, with anything that we do, mm-hmm. it's not. And and I don't think they're they're designed to fit everyone, right? right? It's not all or nothing. Mm-hmm. I I I either write this publication, this document, this dissertation, this book, whatever it is, and it's going to mean whatever it means to to everyone. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to hear my heart when mm-hmm. I write it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you're you're exactly yeah. right. There are going to be some who just dismiss it from the very beginning right. and and that's that's natural absolutely that is a natural occurrence without a doubt and and that can be something as substantial if you will as a book or a presentation i mean when we present at the every man's battle intensive <laughs> we we have positive responses and we have negative oh, responses guys who push back oh for sure right absolutely oh, yeah. and you get people who i, I and even in our in something maybe as not as substantial, like concrete, uh, even in our counseling practices, I, I can't tell you the number of times where someone will come back later and say, well, you said blank. And I go, I did not yeah, don't say think that. I did. That, yeah. that doesn't yeah. sound like something. <laughs> I, in fact, that sounds like the opposite of right. what I have said in right. the past, right? So that, that happens all the time, which brings me to the second category, which is that there are, I think, people in the audience who, who get hurt by the message. Not they're not coming in with an axe to grind. They don't have an agenda. They're coming in with an open mind, but they get hurt by what something that's said. And that may be a misinterpretation. Could be. Right? A misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Or it could be I'm hurt by an accurate understanding of what you said. It just hurts me. I just I'm I'm pained by that. Right. 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 And and so for that part of the audience, I think it's important that we're responding with compassion, with understanding that we are wanting to be agents of healing for that in that person's life, um, not coming in with like, well, this is true, this is right, and you're wrong, and so you better just deal with it, right? right. That's not that's not loving. That's not kind. correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to come through as if it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because we need to have an open dialogue. We. It, it. I mean, the message that we teach at EMB is about connection. Right. How can we connect, even though there may be some disagreement or there may be some hurt? Mm-hmm. How and like you said, I like the way you said that to be agents of healing. Yes, I think that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we as as men who have been agents of destruction, betrayal, betrayal, or deception, right. Right. Uh, lies. Yeah. All of that. Right. right, right. We we as men who have been agents of destruction in God's incredible economy, we can become agents of healing. 
Yes. Right? That's yes. a beautiful thing. Amazing truth, right? It is. And, and, and so that's what we want to we encourage to our audience is how can you, if, if you are in relationship with, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's uh, your mom, maybe it's a, a friend from church, and you're having a conversation with a woman who falls into that middle category where they feel hurt by perhaps something they read in the Every Man's Battle book or in response to some of Shanti's um, research. Or this podcast. Or this podcast. <laughs> right. Right. And how can you be an agent of healing there? Right. right. So what are some ways that they can be agents of healing? Oh, great question. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is listen. Yes. And I don't mean with my left brain, intellect, <laughs> logical So I can problem, shoot down all of your arguments? Pro- right, right. Problem-solving brain. Uh-huh. No, 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 yeah. no. It's I listen with my heart. Yeah. And in order to do that, I have to get in touch with my heart. Mm-hmm. I can't give what I don't have. So if I'm not in touch with what's going on with me, what I'm experiencing right now, mm-hmm. I mean, even as we're talking, mm-hmm. what am I experiencing right now? And how then can I be present with you mm-hmm. in where you are? Just listening yeah. where I don't have to fix it. Mm-hmm. But if someone is hurt, I mean, this we're talking about wives or girlfriends or fiancés mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. those that loved ones that are close to us, mm-hmm. but it could be anyone mm-hmm. with compassion and empathy Mm-hmm. to really put myself into into their shoes and to to really try to experience what's going on with them yeah, yeah. to a degree that they feel heard and understood mm-hmm. it may not change their hurt mm-hmm. and it may not change their understanding of in this case the material of the mm-hmm. of the EMB book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it certainly might give us a platform to dialogue for a, a level of understanding, mm-hmm. and that may be where we part ways as friends. Yeah, but it goes back to that truism that gets repeated over and over and over again, that I don't really care how much you know until I know how much you care, right? Mm-hmm. So, And the only way I know that you care is if you offer that compassion and you listen with your heart, not just your you know your left brain uh, to argue right. with me, but that you're, you're listening to my pain. And you're empathizing with my pain. Right. 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 Exactly. Like our friend Laura says, mm-hmm. kind eyes. Mm-hmm. Does your facial expression mm-hmm. say this is an inviting conversation mm-hmm. or does it say what time does the ball game start? Right. We need to get this done. Oh, I've yeah. got a golf tea time. Right. You know, right. I'm, right. Got to get to work. Got to uh, take care of the kids. We got to right. Right. feed the but, dog. Right. Whatever right. it is. Right. But I don't. Re- and, and some of that may be legitimate things that need to be done, but most of it's. This is a really uncomfortable conversation. I don't want to listen to this criticism anymore. I want to find a way to get out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and that's part of what keeps us from having Mm -hmm. those conversations of understanding. Mm -hmm. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. This is hard. This is messy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sit in it. But that's what it takes. Yeah to be heard and to be understood. And then and then sometimes it's so after the listening, sometimes I need to make amends. Right? Cuz sometimes it's a misunderstanding, but sometimes it, I've I've actually said something that did hurt you, right? And right. so, you know, to your point, right? There's probably already been sure there will be at some point in the future if there hasn't already been many many times things that we've said on this podcast that have hurt someone's heart hurt and and I especially think about the wives I think about the you know the 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 fiancés the partners maybe even the moms where it's like oh so you know 
that's that's hard to hear and that's painful and what are right. you you know what are you saying to me and you know my like my gut response is oh i'm so sorry i don't that's not that's not my heart that's not what i want to do the message we were sending mm-hmm. didn't get mm-hmm. the heart behind it to be received yeah and so you're exactly right yeah. sometimes we need to be more compassionate about that mm-hmm. how do i make amends even though Number one, it might not have been my fault, Mm -hmm. but number two, it may have been unintentional. Mm -hmm. I may not have ever thought to hurt you that way or to hurt Mm -hmm. anyone in that Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it still hurt. Yeah. And that's still my responsibility to help mend that with compassion and intimacy and connection. And, And to that point, right, it's more compassionate, it's more empathetic, it's more kind and loving for me to say... I'm so sorry that I didn't communicate that well, rather than I'm so sorry you misunderstood. You, you, right. Me. <laughs> you, <laughs> let me throw you under the bus. Right. I'm trying to yeah. make amends with you. That's yeah. not what I meant. You right. misunderstood. Right. Exactly. That's not that's your that's fault. Not a loving and kind right. response. Correct. And, and that's what I what I'm hearing Steve and Shanti say is that yeah I want to I, I want to be open to that criticism. I want to be open to because I want I want the opportunity to be clear and to correct if I've been unclear. Right. right. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear my heart. Because my Absolutely. heart is not yeah. in a place of yeah. saying this is destructive mm-hmm. and I want to hurt you on purpose because my opinion is means more than yours. Yeah. That's not that's not what's happening. Yeah. And we need to be open to hearing that feedback mm-hmm. of wow, that didn't sound the way I <laughs> didn't mm-hmm. come out the way I wanted it mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I explain this or or talk through this in a very compassionate way and tender way that that gets the message of my heart across yeah. versus just reading words on a page right. or I'm hearing somebody talk through my airpods mm-hmm. of a certain message that comes through and I say ouch that hurt mm-hmm. and I'm not going to to be listening to them or to, I'm I'm just going to shut this book and write it off right. Rather than having some open dialogue about mm-hmm. how did that affect me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was that really the message that they were sending? Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm just looking at the clock and saying, all right, we got to wrap this episode up. Okay. But obviously, you know, there's more, there's more to talk mm-hmm. about. And so we will, I am certain <laughs> yes. uh, on a future episode, dive back into this topic, possibly even the, the conversation, but, but certainly this topic of, uh, what do we do when there's miscommunication or misunderstood, uh, and, and when there's legitimate differences in right. how we're reading or understanding or perceiving uh, right. something that's been presented. So as always, Doug, great to be on with you. Exactly. Uh, we're so glad you guys are listening. Um, if you want more information, you want to follow up, you want to understand more of what we're talking about, we want you to call 1-800-NEW-LIFE or visit newlife.com slash EMB and get more information and hopefully even show up to one of our intensives and, uh, and then, you know, we'll have the opportunity to miscommunicate with you. So, uh, come on out and, uh, thanks again for listening. If you need help with sexual integrity, call new life ministries at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or go to newlife.com.